Hey everyone, Pastel here. Before we get started in today's pod, I just want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, question and answers with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all of the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program, it is limited, so get your application today. To apply, go to Blue Wire Hustle, so that's bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description in the box of this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. season finally here we're just now getting into high gear we've had a couple games so far but now starting this week we enter the crux of the bowl season as we get closer and closer to the college football playoffs I'm Kenny Keller and I'm joined as always on Prospects 101 by Pastel what's going on buddy what's up man just enjoying my holidays a little time off from work had a white Christmas uh for like the I first know. time in probably 25 years here uh so that was awesome but I mean, Dude, bowl games are going. I think me and you are both in like the top ten or fifteen in the college football bro uh, college uh, pick'em. So I think, mm-hmm. I think we're both doing pretty well in the bowl pick'em so far. It's been a pretty good break so far. Yeah, we've got some. Uh, we're in the bowl mania uh, college football bros um, challenge. You know, we're both doing pretty good. We're holding our own. Long way to go though. I uh, yeah, and a white Christmas man. That was the first time it has snowed on Christmas that I can ever remember. I'm 32. I know you are too. That's the first time I I can ever recall it actually snowing on Christmas, like actively snowing, not like it, oh there, there was already snow on the ground, but like a full on snow. And it came out of like nowhere. Like yeah, there was a chance of precipitation, and some of that precipitation, based off of the degrees in the morning, might have turned into snow, but it was from, like, 6 a.m. to, like, 1 p.m. on Christmas, just constant snowing. Like, it was such yeah, a surprise was cool. and such a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Christmas miracle. No, it was good, and I hope all of our listeners had a safe and happy holidays and everybody's, you know, getting excited and getting ready for the uh, the lots of, you know, the, the massive amount of bowls we got coming up this week. It's a big week for bowls. I love it, man. It's a lot of games this week. And, of course, the New Year – we're not even talking about the New Year's Six Bowls right yet. This is just a preview of what's remaining for the non-New Year's Six Bowls this week. And then we're going to record another episode later this week previewing the New Year's Six Bowls and the playoff games. Well, let's jump right into it on Tuesday – I'll start Pastel, and then you can hit okay. the second game. Uh, Oklahoma State versus Maryland in the Cheez-It Bowl. You know, for me, the prospect I'm going to keep an eye out for is Brevin Jordan, the tight end from Miami. You, know, <laughs> you, I, meant, I, you meant Miami then, not Maryland. 
<laughs> oh, did I say Maryland? Did I say Oklahoma State versus Maryland? Oh, yeah. God. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I got, I got, but, I got Tulia Tungavailo on my mind, I guess. Um, <laughs> smooth. Yeah. So, no, Oklahoma State versus Miami in the Cheese at Bowl. The, the, the prospect I'm most excited to watch, it really would have been Quincy Roche or Jalen Phillips or Gregory Rousseau, which, by the way, the fact that all three of those guys could have been playing on the same line this year could have been disgusting. Unfortunately, Ru- Ru- I mean, not unfortunately, I get it, but Rousseau had opted out earlier in the season, and then obviously Roche and Phillips have opted out for the bowl game. So that leaves me with Brevin Jordan, the tight end from Miami. Um, I kind of had higher hopes for him this season. I think he was hampered a little bit uh, by the quarterback play, and I know people are going to hear that and go, well, Derek King's a, a good quarterback. Derek King's a dynamic quarterback, but he's not a great thrower. And I think that did hurt uh, that did hurt Jordan a little bit in the statistics department. I mean, it's pretty much in line with what he's been doing. Last season he had 35 catches for 495 yards. This year he had 30 catches for 480 yards with a slight uptick in touchdowns. I would have liked to have seen him with a more pure thrower at quarterback to see what he could really do to unlock a lot of his potential. But I'm excited to watch this matchup because Oklahoma State doesn't have your typical bad Big 12 defense. They have a pretty solid defense. They've won a lot of games via defense this year because their offense hasn't been clicking like it normally has. And they've got a lot of athletic linebackers. So I'm excited to see where what Brevin Jordan could do. Is he going to stay around for another year? He's a draft-eligible junior, but – you know, you kind of get the sense if he has a big game, he might take that momentum and declare for the draft, especially because De'Aaron King has said he's coming back. So you That's know, <laughs> you know next, se- yeah, you know next season he's not going to have a dynamic passer in the traditional sense of the word. So you know, he might take a big bowl game against some stiffer competition, take that momentum, go straight to the NFL draft, where I think he would be probably a, 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 a day two pick. I think it's it's not a stretch to say he's a second round pick. And he could be a third round pick. He's a very extremely, he's a very dynamic and athletic tight end who you know, isn't going to give you a lot for blocking, but at 6'3, 245, the dude is an absolute athlete. So that's who I'm looking for. But my bold prediction, I think Oklahoma State wins the game straight up. Well, that makes sense that you kind of, you, you made them sound very even teams. And that makes sense. You look at Bet Online right now, the current odds is minus one in favor of Oklahoma State. So it's pretty much a pick 'em game. Considering the, the 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 juice right now is with Miami, I mean they're minus one fifteen at plus one over under a sixteen and a half. Sounds like it could be a kind of a high scoring game. Overall, it's going to be a great game to watch, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, it should be interesting. Well, and the Cheez-It Bowl always provides great drama. It's usually comically the worst game of the bowl season, or it's one of the best. And everybody knows when I say comically referred to as the worst bowl game of the season. I'm talking, of course, TCU-Cal two years ago and that Oof. train wreck of a game. But that was it was so bad, it was good. <laughs> yeah, you get games like that occasionally. But, Kenny, what was one of the teams that I kept betting on the entire year? And I'm pretty sure I've won it pretty much every bet that I betted on them. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I, I believe it was a Pac-12 team, but I'm kind of drawing a blank. Colorado. And guess who uh, my team is? Yeah. Colorado – First Texas. And remember when Colorado was part of the the Big Twelve, right? Like this was kind of a semi rivalry between Colorado mm-hmm. and Texas. So mm-hmm. you kind of like reliving what you what you saw, you know, five ten years ago. So it's gonna be kind of a good game. The one thing that Texas has going for them is I think I believe Herman right now is like three or four and zero in, in bowl games. Like he's undefeated. So common sense says you got to take Texas, right? And Bet Online has them at minus seven point five, and they got Colorado obviously um, as an underdog. But I'm going to go Colorado here, and 
It's because of the play of somebody with the name of Carson Wells, the linebacker. Now, Nate Landman is out, probably their best defensive player, which is going to be a big hamper for, for them as because they, they need pretty much everybody playing Texas. But Mustafa Johnson, I feel like we forgot about his name. Mustafa Johnson and Carson Wells, if they can stop Texas' run game, which that run game, which I believe is a freshman uh, running back now, Robinson, he's taken mm-hmm. off. So if they can slow down that run game and create pressures, which between the two of them, they have six and a half sacks and multiple uh, QB pressures. So if they can get after Ellinger, then I think they have a shot at beating Texas. So I'm going to take the underdog, and it's going to be Herman's first loss, and I'm going to take Colorado over Texas. Man, if Colorado beats Texas, Tom Herman is going to start next season on a seat of molting lava. Oh, he loses two games next year. He's done. (laughs) That seat's already hot, but then you lose to Colorado. By the way, and I know it's like you you talked about earlier, like, oh, well, it's it's, Big 12 versus Pac-12. Colorado and Texas might not be a rivalry, but they have an extensive history dating back to even the Big 8. So uh, That's right. it's yeah. it is a it is a it is a game that neither program is unfamiliar with. So uh, that would be I mean and look news losing Nate Landman was a big deal because I think the only game you missed this year betting on them Brandon was when they got when they lost to Utah yes. and that game really spiraled out of control when Landman got hurt. Like that Correct. game, it, it was a completely different game with him out of the lineup. Utah was able to move the ball, and they were really able to get that offense going. So uh, I'm interested to see what they do without him, if they're still the same team or not. And I'm a little concerned because, you know, say what you want about Texas, their offense does click when it is clicking, clicks pretty well. You know, Ellinger, when he gets momentum going, is a pretty solid quarterback. So I, I think I'm going to take Texas. I think I'm going to take okay. Texas to win this game. Yeah, we'll, we'll I, I over. What's the over under right now? The over under right now is sixty three point five. So another high scoring game. I can't really complain with that pick, uh, Kenny. I mean, obviously Vegas agrees with you as well. I just I, I believe in what Colorado's doing there, the culture they're bringing, and I believe even with Nate Landman out, that wasn't part of the game plan for him to be out for Utah. They're okay. now going to have a few weeks to game plan on how they want to attack Texas. So it's going to be a big game. But Dude. Kenny, this might be the game of the week for you. You got <laughs> Wake Forest, Wisconsin. What's on your mind with that game? Homer Bowl, baby. Wake Forest. Let's go. Back in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which for all of you who for all of you who don't know, that bowl was forever called the Belk Bowl. Um out there in Charlotte. So we're gonna be a hop a skip a jump away from the campus. Uh very excited. Unfortunately, there's gonna be no fans there, so any home field advantage we might have had being in Charlotte is wiped away. But it should be a great game. You know, Wake kind of reeling a little bit. We we had a lot of opt outs. You know, Kenneth Walker, Boogie Basham. Um, you know, we've just had a couple guys who have opted out for the rest of the season to either prepare for the draft or you know there were some COVID issues going on and they just said, hey, I'm going to pat my ball and go home, which is fine. And then Wisconsin obviously has been very very disappointing since a, a, a honestly a tremendous start. It looked like Graham Mertz was going to be the guy, the best quarterback we've seen at Wisconsin in a long, long time, and their offense has just completely hit the skids. I mean, I, anybody who watched that Iowa-Wisconsin game two weekends ago knows what I'm talking about. I think there was like 17 three-and-outs, um, like 18 or 19 punts. Wisconsin scored only seven points. Like It was just really, really bad. And, and so – Two teams that are reeling generally end up making a pretty fun game. 
because I think I think I think they're just going to go out there and throw caution to the wind, nothing to lose, and just play you know backyard style football. Now the prospect I'm excited to watch in this game is Isaiah Louderbilk, the defensive lineman from Wisconsin. Really elite size. The guy's six seven, three hundred pounds, but he he's highly inconsistent. This is a guy who's going to get a shot in the NFL because size like that doesn't grow on trees. And when he is on, he is unstoppable. I mean, I've seen, I've watched some all 22 of this guy and some highlights, and he dominates when he decides he wants to dominate. Unfortunately, you know, that's few and far between. It's, it's, it's a game or two here at a time, and then he disappears. A guy that size needs to go in against a pretty good Wake Forest offensive line. A lot of people, a lot of people don't know this, but Wake recruits offensive line very heavily. It's one of the few positions we tend to put into the NFL quite frequently. I think we've had six guys over the last three years end up making it to the NFL in some form or fashion, whether it was through the draft or through a practice squad invite that actually ended up on the active roster. But we've had dudes get into the NFL. We call, the, the nickname for the offensive line is called the Beef Boys. So this is a – and this is no exception. This is another solid Wake Forest offensive line. You want to get up on the draft radar. This is your last shot. This is film against, you know, A-plus quality offensive linemen. Isaiah Loudermilk, I'm going to be watching you like a hawk on Wednesday. My prediction, I mean, how am I going to pick against my team, Wake wins? <laughs> you know what's crazy is – uh if Wake wins this game, now I know Wisconsin is down this year, but in the last few years, you can now say you beat an SEC Texas A&M and you now beat a Big Ten Wisconsin. Now, you mm-hmm. might want to dissect that and say, like, hey, these programs might have been down, X, Y, and Z. But bottom line, those are foundational and program-changing wins. So when you go out to recruiting trails, you say, guess yep. what? We beat Texas A&M. We beat Wisconsin. So if you're Wisconsin, you better show up because you can't let a game like this you know, to keep degrading your brand that you have right now. Like Wisconsin had a brand as like a top three ten uh, team in the Big uh, Ten. You lose to Wisconsin, I'm gonna start having second guesses next year, thinking like, hey, you might not be in that that tier I thought you were in college football. So, I mean, that being said, I'm picking Wisconsin. <laughs> now, what a uh, hater. Now, or Kenny Watson, Glass, rest in peace, Glass, not here right now. Um, I did have the Iowa Missouri Bowl, but that. Uh, Transperfect Music Bowl, but that game got canceled due to COVID reasons. So we're going to go ahead and skip that game and just go straight into one of the biggest matchups probably of the entire bowl season, and that is Florida versus Oklahoma University in the Cotton Bowl. Tell me a little bit about that game. I was so hyped about this game on paper when it was first announced because, you know, it's number seven versus number eight team in the country. What, number six versus number seven team in the country? Like, it's a big – this is probably – Outside of the playoffs, this is probably the biggest matchup of the bowl season. And then the opt-out started. And now Florida has lost Kyle Pitts. They've lost Tony. They've lost Grimes, their three best receivers. And now Copeland, their other receiver, who was going to be the number one receiver, is now out for COVID reasons. So Florida has lost its top four pass catchers this season. Well, they just lost their – they lost their top cornerback, Marco Wilson. He just opted out for the draft as well. Yep, and uh, Marco Wilson, he, I believe he's the guy who threw the shoe, correct? Yeah, dude. How, first yeah. of all, if I'm Marco Wilson, how do you let your career end on that note? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. You're gonna The last two games of his college career were throwing the for shoe two losses. LSU. 
and then getting just absolutely hammered by L- by uh, Alabama, you know, giving up fifty some points. Like, dude, this is your chance to finally end on a high note. That is a and he's a captain too, which is really disappointing that that he opted out. Generally, you don't see team captains opting out, even if they have a high draft. It's like kind of the, the one thing college football teams hadn't done was have their captains opt out. But yeah, I, you know, I was really stoked about this game, but Florida with the opt outs and and then obviously a, a COVID issue. Uh, a potential COVID issue just really has taken a lot of steam off this game. My prospect I'm really going to be watching is Ronnie Perkins. He's a, uh, oh, yeah. a he's a junior uh, who's been an absolute production machine since he stepped on the field at Oklahoma. You know, it, in three years there, he's had eight tackles for losses, 13 and a half tackles for losses. And then this season in only five games, he's had nine and a half tackles for losses and five and a half sacks. Um, I mean, the guy's just an absolute machine. He's got an extremely high motor. He's a little undersized. He's 6'3", 250. He's a, he, he plays a little lean. But, I mean, the first step is there. The guy's absolute dynamite off the snap. Um, I, I think he's going to declare. I would be surprised if he came back. He's one of the top – excuse me. He's one of the top um, – Top-rated players, according to Pro Football Focus, at his position. Everything about this guy just screams he's a modern-day edge player in the NFL, uh, a guy who can really get after the quarterback thing. Uh, you know, a, a premium teams pay a lot for. So he's the guy I'm going to keep an eye on. And to be honest, this Oklahoma defense I know has gotten a lot of a lot of junk the last couple years, and they started out the season a little rough. But Alex Grinch has these boys playing right now. This defense is honestly one of the most fun defenses I've watched the last five or six games of the season. They have a lot of talent, and they're actually playing with it now. You know, Oklahoma's always kind of been like, well, you know, they record, recruit a lot of four- or five-star talent on defense, but they just don't play like it. Well, they're playing like it the second half of this season, and Alex Grinch deserves a lot of credit for that. So I'm really excited to see what they can do against a very dynamic, albeit shorthanded Florida offense. But – Look, Kyle Trask is still playing. He's had a heck of a season. Who knows? Maybe he's made the guys around him a lot better than they've made him better. So we'll see. My prediction, though, OU wins big. I just don't think a shorthanded Florida team is going to be able to hang with Oklahoma, a team that's been playing extremely, extremely well on both sides of the football the second half of the season. Yeah, well, they got OU right now. That online does. That is uh, minus three. Uh, with the over-under being 70. So sounds like a high-scoring game. Sounds like they are slightly favoring Oklahoma, which I would tend to agree as well. Spencer Rattler has a lot to play for, kind of setting the, the tone for next year, establishing mm-hmm. Oklahoma as that powerhouse playoff type of caliber team that we thought they were. And remember, Rodney Perkins was one of the guys that tested positive for marijuana last year, and I don't think he played in that bowl game last year. No. It, was, it was him and two others, and I think the receiver just came back and has been dominating for uh, Oklahoma so it's, it's good to see these players that weren't able to participate last year in the bowl game have an opportunity to play this year. Um, but it's going to be a great game, and I still think this is going to be one of the best games that we see as far as a competitive standpoint in the bowl season. Mm-hmm. Now, now as we kick off the Thursday games, really one of the best teams I thought part of the AAC was Tulsa all year. They had our boy Xavier Collins, which was a prospect 101 like star for us all year, as I feel like we were one of the first uh, podcasts to really talk about and highlight him previous to the season, but he's not going to be playing this uh, this this bowl game. He's already declared for the draft, so that's going to suck not seeing him. And it does. Now, that being said, the the game's going to be very competitive. You got 
I think so right now Mississippi State is plus two and a half, so they got Tulsa slightly favored over under 46 and a half. They're expecting a low game, which is shocking for a Mississippi State air raid type of type of team. But Tulsa has one of those more stingy defenses. And with that being said, the guy that I'm going to be looking for right now is Will Rogers, the quarterback from Mississippi State. Yes, he's a true freshman. Yes, he was like a four-star player coming out of high school. But he had his up-and-down moments. He's looked better as of late, uh, controlling the game, higher completion percentage, lowering the turnovers. He looks like a pretty good quarterback. Well, guess what, Will Rogers? You have a highly talented top-ten quarterback in the nation coming your way in Mississippi State as a true freshman named Sawyer Robertson. He's going to be a stud. The guy, I mean, he, everyone respects this kid on the recruiting trails as one of the next great quarterbacks to come – that's going to be coming through Mississippi State. So can you – so this is the game that you have to start out establishing, like, hey, I am going to be the starter next year. And if you suck, I got a feeling that they I, – I would not be shocked if they dip into the transfer portal with all these quarterbacks coming out, getting a guy that they think they can run that system while they start developing Sawyer Robertson coming in. So I say all that saying I like Will Rogers, but he's going to have to have a massive game against Tulsa and beat Tulsa and kind of make Mississippi State season worth it at the end of the day because they started out – on a great note, and it's kind of been sour all the way since. And, I mean, Ken, we've talked about this before or after week one. Like, can the air raid work? It's going to have to start working, like, today or with this bowl game and kind of just leading over to next season because if it doesn't, then the questions and the rumors and everything are starting going to be flying around Mike Leach and whether this system well, can actually work. Well, you know, yeah, you know, I think Sawyer – I mean, you brought it up, Sawyer Robertson. You know, the the big thing with him is, is this is – he's coming from – an air raid style offense in high school. That's why this is such kind of a match made in heaven for him. You know, he yep. gets to go to SEC. He gets to play for an SEC team. And he's one of the most prolific passers in the country. I think in his – I want to say it was like a state semifinal or maybe even state championship game this year. You know, he threw nine touchdown passes and over 400 yards through the air in one game. Like this is a guy who comes – from a school where they absolutely wing it every play. And so, yeah, I, I think you're right. Will Rogers needs to keep a, his head on a swivel because if if they get to have spring practice and they get to have a full camp in the fall, I would not be stunned if Sawyer Robertson wins the job. Now, I don't know. If I, you always hear Mike Leach says it takes him two or three years to get his guys in the program and to get guys that buy into his philosophies and his style of play. So, you know, is he going to play a, a, a true freshman? I don't know. You know, it's he's never been one to do that. That's never been his M.O. But if there's a case to be made to play one, it's a guy who's literally coming from disciples of your of your coaching that are coaching in high school. So, because even as even if you look on twenty four seven sports, his comparison Davis Webb. Where did Davis Webb play? Texas Tech. Where did he go play once he transferred out of Texas Tech? Cal, who was the coach at yep. Cal? Sonny Dykes, who's a who's a who played for Mike Leach at Texas Tech. So yeah, I mean, it, it it just makes sense, man. So I'm really excited to see it. But I think uh, I think Mississippi State's going to end up pulling this one out. I really do. I think without David Collins. I think they're going to pull it out. I think they're going to they're going to win one for old Mike Leach and get the get the momentum ball rolling for next the ball rolling for next year. So I think Tulsa ends their magical season with a with a W for uh, Philip Montgomery and really kind of keep his butt off the hot seat for going into next year because it was a little hot coming into this year, but I think he has definitely cooled down since mm-hmm. then. But I'm going to go Tulsa now. This would have been Glessner's favorite game to talk about because he is a huge San Jose State fan because they've won him a lot of money. But Kenny, Ball State, San Jose State, who you got? Uh, so 
and this is the Arizona Bowl, which is being played in, I think, New Mexico, by the way, uh, which is funny. But um, obviously, I think due to COVID issues. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm, so the prospect I liked when looking at both of these teams uh, was the guy I was really high on in our conference preview, and that's Trey Walker, wide receiver, San Jose State. The guys put up numbers, you know, the last three seasons, including this season at San Jose State. You know, he's been a, a very consistent receiver. He's a guy. I think projects to be a mid to late round selection who is going to be one of those, you know, one of your typical slot guys. He's 5'11", 180. He's a guy who excels at running intermediate routes. He knows how to find holes and zones and sit down in them. He's very good at making a quarterback look better. I think that's especially this season, Nick Starkle actually looked like a competent quarterback. And I think a lot of that had to do with Trey Walker being a great receiver uh, and being a veteran leader on the team because Nick Starkle is not that great of a quarterback. Um, but I don't think they win the game. I think this Ooh. is where San Jose State's magical season comes to an end. And the reason I say <laughs> that is because a lot of people sleep on Ball State. A lot of people do. And there's a guy I've been talking to who has been high on Ball State for the entire season. It's a, it's a mutual friend of ours. He does a lot of statistical analysis. And the one thing he kept saying about the MAC all year was Ball State, Ball State, Ball State. And I kept saying, ah, I don't think so. I think Buffalo is going to be the team. And then what did they do? Now, granted, they were Jarrett Patterson got hurt on what I would consider a kind of a dirty play, in my opinion. Um, but they went out and they, <laughs> they, they put it to Buffalo. They stuck it to a very, very good Buffalo team, and I like the way this team plays. So I think Ball State wins, and I think they win kind of handily. Ball State, man. So I tell your guy, Vegas disagrees with them because right now they got San Jose State at nine-and-a-half point favorites with the juice going their way. Over under 62-and-a-half? I don't know. I think I got to go San Jose State. I got to go San Jose State. It'd be interesting. I mean, I wouldn't don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if San Jose State wins. I mean, they're six and zero. Like, I don't think they're a bad. I don't think they're like all of a sudden like a bad team. I just I think a lot of people have been sleeping on Ball State, and uh, I've bet against yeah. Ball State a couple times this year, and they were big dogs, and they and they bit me bad. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn from my earlier mistakes and go with roll with Ball State. Yeah, I mean, I think Nick Starkle has really kind of resurrected that program there uh, for San Jose State. So I. I got I to gotta imagine he's going to keep that ball rolling. And I think he's a senior. This is like his third time transferring, right? So Yeah, he's, this is his third uh, team, yeah. Remember, this is the guy when Tate Martell was was being recruited by Texas A&M. Someone leaked his DM because they were like, hey, you trying to – like, are you afraid to come to Texas A&M because of Nick Starkle? And he's like, Nick Starkle? Nick Starkle's ass, my dude. Like, that was, his, <laughs> that was like his quote. I mean, Tate Martell's got to be punching a little bit of air right now because Nick Starkle's in a bowl game and Tate Martell's sitting at a wide receiver, sitting in the wide receiver room. Dude, that's another whole podcast, the the downfall of Tate Martell's career. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll push past that, and then we'll jump into our second-to-last bowl, and that is the West Virginia versus Army Liberty Bowl. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm going to go Army. And I think it's two very competitive teams. As I look at the spread right now, it's got West Virginia minus seven. So, obviously, I think Vegas right now is banking on the Steels brothers to really shut down Army's running game. And with more than just a week to prepare, I think that bodes well for West Virginia because the toughest thing to do is to try to stop the triple option offense within a week, within five days of preparation. That's almost impossible to do. That's why Army won, you know, nine, ten games this year. But Army, I think they got a freaking chip on their shoulder, man. 
And I, I've been watching them every single game. It's like they're, they've been an underdog, I feel, I feel like, three or four games this year, and all they do is show up. So that preparation that Todd Monken, Monken has right now um, with that program, I'm going to go in and say right now, they're going to beat West Virginia. They're going to cover the spread. I'm taking the money line. And my prospect to watch is their linebacker, who might be one of the best linebackers they've had in a few years, and that's John uh, Radigan. I mean, the dude is just kind of a stereotypical linebacker that you would imagine from there, but the dude's all over the place. He knows how to read, and I think that's probably his best characteristic because it seems like he's get, he gets to the ball before everybody else. It's, it's just amazing to watch. It's very – just take a look. When you watch this game, just keep your eyes on him and just watch how pre-snap, how he's making calls, and how he's the first one to attack the ball with the right angle. So I'm taking yeah. Army. I'm taking their linebacker core because they got more than just one dude over there. Uh, but I'm taking Army. What about you, Kenny? Yeah, I look, I'm a big John Radigan fan, man. I had him as a player to watch a couple times this season, um, you know, in our earlier episodes. But I, this game tortures me, man, because I'm a big West – I think you know I've been on the West Virginia bandwagon all year. You know, in our, yeah, in our Big 12 coach. preview – Yeah, in our Big 12 preview show, I talked up Neil Brown a lot and, and talked about how I thought their quarterback, uh, Jared Do- Dogey, was going to um, – their Joes was going to – was going to – overperform compared to expectations, and they've done that so far. Unfortunately, I think the last game they played was just a real big letdown against Iowa State where they got pounded 42 to, like, three or six or something. It was such an ugly game. It was not a good game. Um, But I think, like you said, I think with the the time to prepare, I think it'll be – I think West Virginia will do just enough to win the game. I don't know if they cover – I mean, seven's such a weird number with a triple option team just because, like, seven's an eternity for those guys. Like, if, if if West Virginia gets up 14 points, then it's like, okay, well, you know, I feel good about at least a push. Um, right. But, oh, man, I don't know. From a spread-wise, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to bet on this game. I can tell you that right now. I, <laughs> I think the, I think West Virginia's going to win, though. That's my prediction. Well, I think the difference maker, if you are, are going to pick West Virginia, then you got to go with, uh, the running back, Letty Brown. I mean, I've been high on this guy all year. Yeah. He's a solid junior. The, the stereotypical running back size to me is 5'11", 210 pounds, and that's exactly what he is. Uh, and the guy's been a beast all year. So yeah, it's going to be a great uh, game. Yeah. I mean, it might be one of the best games to watch. As far I'm excited as to see standpoint. it. I'm excited to see it. I'm a big Neil Brown fan, so I'm pumped. Well, you know what I'm a big fan of is TCU and their safeties. Even their linebackers. I think that TCU defense – is electric, and I think there's going to be probably four guys playing in the NFL next year from that defense. So, what do you what are you thinking about TCU versus Arkansas on Thursday? Yeah, so I go back and forth because TCU's offense is garbage, and Arkansas's played pretty well, although they've kind of faded down the stretch this year, which is is understandable. Look, uh, I think Arkansas started out kind of hot, and they've kind of leveled off to the team that they actually are. I still think Sam Pittman did a phenomenal job this season. I think they've won three games in an all-SEC schedule, and this is coming from a program that couldn't even beat San Jose State in back-to-back seasons. So, you know, Sam Pittman, hats off. He did a great job under the circumstances. Um, you know, Felipe Frank showed that he was – that he's matured a little bit and he's developed more as a passer. That being said, I think TCU ends up winning the game. Like you said, they have a really, really good defense. Their offense kind of concerns me, but I think they can do just enough. Um, to hang and, and beat Arkansas. Uh, you know, the guy, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about, like you said, their prospects are Darius Washington or Taylor Morig, you know, these safeties that they have, or even some linebackers that are, that are really, really good. Yeah, Wallow. But the guy, what's that? 
I say Wallow. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Wallow, Garrett Wallow. But the the guy who catches my eye the most right now is Oshawn Mathis, defensive end. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. He's got great size. He even has a little bit of room to put on some weight. Now, I know people are going to say, well, Kenny, he's a third-year sophomore. Do you think he's really going to declare? And And I don't know if he is or not. But I'm really going to keep an eye on him because, look, he's going up against SEC recruited players right now. You know, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. But look, his redshirt freshman year, he had nine tackles for loss, two sacks or two and a half sacks. Uh, you know, a couple passes broken up uh, at the line. You know, as a true as a redshirt freshman, then this season he adds on to that with 12 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks, a couple forced fumbles. Like he's just been an absolute monster at getting quarterback pressures he's one of the top rated players on pro football focus at his position he just has a motor on him and you combine that with the athleticism and the size that he has it would not stun me to see this guy declared do I think he's going to be a first round pick I don't think so right now just based off of pure film and game tape and the, and the limited amount of games that he's played However, I think this is a guy who gets in there at his pro day or gets in there at the combine, wows people with his as, as with his athleticism and his size and the ability that he's going to be able to put on weight at the next level and probably not lose any of that. And this is a guy who could sneak to the top of day two, maybe be a fringe day one pick. I'm not saying that is the case. I'm saying I could see that happening. So if he has a big performance against Arkansas – in the Texas Bowl, I could absolutely see see this being a guy who declares as a young third year sophomore. And that defense has dudes all over the place, man. I tell you this, and this is probably like a little, I don't know, when we start doing mock drafts here in the next month or so. My favorite safety, I think, in college football right now, I'm going to do a little bit more scouting, but I think it's Trevon Mowry, dude, for CC, TCU. Like that, that dude guy. is absolutely a true safety. In college football, I think it translates so well with the NFL out there. And I know people are going to think Javon Holland or Andre Cisco or Paris Forward, or many other guys. It's a pretty good safety class, but I do believe Trevon Moverick is the number one safety going into the 2021 draft. I mean, he's I mean, he's he's a big dude, man. He's what six three, like two twenty, two twenty five. Like he's a big boy, and he can play he can play center field and he can play down in the box. So I. Yep. You know, I, I won't argue with you that. At, at first glance, I, I think so, too. The only other guy, I wish he wouldn't have gotten hurt. I, I'm such oh. a big Andre Sisko fan. I'm such yes. a big Andre Sisko fan. I think that I agree. dude. I agree. I think that dude, if he didn't get hurt, would probably be 1A, 1B with Mo Rigg. But, yeah, I, I think I think right now Mo Rigg has to be the guy. So, of all these games, Pascal, just from a pure – I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. What game out of all these are you looking forward to watch the most? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. 
like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Oh, that, that is today. That is tough. I'm going to go ahead and say... I still have to go Florida, Oklahoma. I know they're missing a lot of people like household names, but I got to imagine the the matchup between Rattler and Trask is going to be amazing. I think good players like that rise, make their team rise up. And I've got to imagine that team is just going to be back and forth, like throwing haymakers left and right, left and right. So when it's all said and done, I still think it's it's probably an an easy layup for anybody listening to this. But Florida versus Oklahoma, I think it will be a great game, even with all the opt-outs. How about you? So taking away Wake, Wisconsin, because that would be extremely biased for me to say them, um, and that is the game I'm most excited to watch. Uh, but and take away Florida, Oklahoma, because I don't want to. I don't want to steal yours as well. I'm extremely excited for this Texas, Colorado game. I, I think that's going to be a heck of a game to watch, man. I, I think both offenses are going to come out firing. You know, they both have solid offenses, uh, and I don't think either one of them is going to play great defense, to be honest. So I think it's going to be just an absolute shootout. It's going to be one of those games where last team that has the ball wins. Uh, that's the game I'm probably most excited about. Florida well, OU would would be my second. Well, Texas needs to stop Broussard, Jerry Broussard, for Colorado. So if, they, if Colorado can dominate on the run game like they've been doing this whole season and they can maintain the time of possession – that's where you start favoring Colorado in this. If they make it an air raid type of game, Colorado won't be able to hang with Texas. You, so you know what kind key of key is to I establish think, the run game. You know what kind of game I think it's going to be? Like we talk about like how they are as a, like dominating time of possession and stuff like that. I think some of those games, we're, we're just going to look back and we're going to see there's like four or five 50-yard-plus touchdowns, like a punt. Re- you know, we obviously know Colorado has great return specialists with Jay Rice's son out there. Oh, so yeah. I, I think we're it's going to be one of those games where there's a couple, um, you know, Special teams, touchdowns, you know, maybe a muff. I mean, this is going to be kind of an ugly, sloppy, fun game. Like, I don't even say, I don't want to say ugly. Just kind of a sloppy, fun game where just, just the ball's just getting chucked around all over the place or just big runs or big plays or missed tackles are happening everywhere. And we look and go, wow, what a game. We're talking about, yeah, so these are a good set of games, but as we preview in our next podcast, we should definitely tune into that. I mean, we're going to have games like UNC versus Texas A&M. That's going to be a shootout. Oregon versus yeah. Iowa State. Mississippi versus Indiana. Even with uh, Penix Jr. out there, like that Indiana's been clicking on that team. So Kentucky yeah. versus NC State. And then obviously the playoffs. So just wait for our next podcast. Glesson is going to be back. We're going to be all in Asheville, North Carolina, recording we're all gonna be Mountain together. House. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun show. And it's going to be some great college football. As we yeah, we're all, we're all going to be together, and that's a great transition as we kind of wrap up this preview show is we are going to do 
like Pastel said, a new a New Year's Six bowl game and playoff bowl game preview show later this week. We're going to record it Thursday. It should drop Friday, so keep an eye out for that. Um, you know, it, it, we're just really excited to be in the heart of this bowl season. Well, that's going to do it for this preview show. I think we've hit all the games that we want to hit that are that are playing this week. Uh, really exciting games as the competition continues to escalate the later we get into bowl season. As always, you can follow and interact with Prospects 101 at Prospects 101 Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Make sure you reach out to us. We're, we're always social media friendly. We love talking with our fans. And make sure if you're listening to this, you rate us and give us five stars and give us a great review. It helps spread the show. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, if you can rate and review us, we would greatly appreciate it, especially if you like listening to the show. This allows us to reach a larger audience and really do more fun and cool things with the program. So that being said, my name is Kenny Keller. For Brandon Pastel, have a great rest of the week.